InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. The statistics on sexual abuse might amaze you. It especially impacts young women, and the trauma can last a lifetime. To learn how victims can start the healing process, InfoTrack's Taryn McCall talks with an expert. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. It's a shocking figure. One in four girls under the age of 16 are victims of sexual abuse, but most victims remain silent about the abuse and end up dealing with the fallout in destructive ways. Our guest today on InfoTrack is working to shed light on the abuse and allow for the victims to safely talk about it. We welcome Dr. Patty Furison to InfoTrack. She's a psychotherapist. Welcome to InfoTrack, Dr. Patty. Thank you. That 25% figure is almost too much to comprehend. Has the definition of sexual abuse widened to include acts that may not have been considered abuse before? Or is it a much more pervasive thing going on? Well, it's very pervasive. We can't really get accurate statistics on this, but the one out of four girls is from being touched inappropriately over your clothing to being raped for 10 years by your father. So it's a very wide definition. And also, I delineate non-touching sexual abuse as well, because that is definitely an abuse. Being asked to view pornographic materials, having pictures taken of you in sexual poses, being spoken to with sexual intonation. For example, a parent saying you look like a slut, you must be screwing around, look at your breasts, being walked in on repeatedly in the bathroom, in the bedroom, having an adult leave the bathroom door, walking around naked, asking for that adult to please refrain from doing so, the adult never listening to you, being asked by an adult if they can check your breasts and genitals, being forced into conversations about sex, All of those things may not get touched, but it's sexual abuse. You don't have control, and you're being put in a position you don't want to be in. Tell us a little about your work. I am a psychologist in private practice, and I love working with adolescent girls. They're my favorite population. I just love them because they're so resilient and creative and energetic, and it's such a crucial time. So I've been working with teenage girls for about 25 years, and I found in my practice the more comfortable girls got about talking about things. Many of them were abuse survivors, and I started running groups for teenage girls because when they started to talk about what happened to them, they got better. They brought it out. They talked about it. They realized it wasn't their fault. They've gotten support, and teenage girls heal. You don't know who's being sexually abused. This could be a girl who's the president of her senior class, a soccer star, a girl in a top prep school, a white girl, a black girl, a Spanish girl, a Chinese girl. You don't know who is sexually abused. What I found sad reading through some of the cases was that much later in life, if the girl hasn't addressed the issue and resolved it, it comes back to haunt them in really destructive ways. Right. If you are an abuse survivor, and you're a teenage girl or a young woman in your 20s, start to talk about it. Because when you don't, you choose bad people to be with. You don't respect yourself. You feel you're blamed. And a lot of the women in my practice, when they were in their 30s and 40s and 50s, even 60s, were still blaming themselves. They married the wrong men. They were blaming themselves. But teenage girls and young women are just incredibly resilient. And they can do fabulous things with their lives, and they can have wonderful, successful relationships, too. Sexual abuse, even in self, doesn't have to completely damage you for life. 
you can feel. What signs should a caring adult or friend notice that might indicate a young girl is being abused? Let's start with parents, okay? Let me be clear. Incest doesn't happen in homes where there is a loving mother on duty. It doesn't happen. And all of the psychological literature points to that. When there is a mother who is psychologically fit and able and unconditionally loving of her daughter, incest can't happen because the mother will intuitively sense something, number one. Number two, the daughter will feel safe enough to go to her mother and tell her that she's being molested by her stepfather, by her father. And the mother will be enraged and throw this man out of the house. That's not the happy story. That's not what happens. What happens is that some women who are not able to deal with some of their own issues, most women that are incest survivors who have blocked it may marry inappropriate men, women that are just interested in drug addiction, let's say, or alcoholism, they don't protect their daughters. And so those are the families that I can't tell you what are the warning signs and what to look for because I've had hundreds of girls come to me and say, I'm not going to tell because my mother isn't going to save me from this. So what to look for if you're a loving family? What you need to do is tell your daughter as she's turning into a teenager and she's a tween, you start talking and you start talking about how a girl's body is her body and that she never has to feel obliged to anyone. She doesn't have to be touched in ways she's not comfortable. Of course, you start telling your babies that, but I'm talking about when sexuality becomes a part of a family conversation for relationship. And you tell your daughter, no matter what happens to you, you can come to me. You can tell me anything. I will not blame you. I will help you. You have to be blunt with your kids if you're pregnant, if you feel someone has abused you. Anything. I will not blame you. I will love you and I will help you. Now, what you could look for is if a girl starts to get depressed, if a girl starts to have an eating disorder, if a girl is cutting herself. But you see, it's a very vague thing because... Lots of teenage girls do some of these things on a very small level, and they're normal. A lot of girls get worried about their bodies for a few months out of their teen years and they whatever. And I'm sorry to tell you, but a lot of girls actually might cut themselves and then do it once and say, okay, I'm not doing this again. You won't know. You have to have an open dialogue with your daughter. And you also, as a parent, have to really cherish your daughter and try to be there for your teenage daughter so that she feels that she's worthy and that she feels that she will take care of herself and not put herself in a dangerous position. It's very crucial for when girls go off to college. If a girl is being abused and she has trouble going to her mother, where can she feel safe to go, especially if she's trying to protect younger siblings? It's very complicated, depending on your age. If you're over 18 and if you're out of the house, perhaps go to a counselor at your college. But if you're a high school student and it's going on in your home with your younger siblings, they're going to call in the authorities because they're legally bound to do so. So I suggest for girls to call hotlines, if a girl calls a hotline and just starts to talk about her abuse without giving her name, she can start to feel better and it's almost a rehearsal for going further. But you need to know if you're in high school and you go to your social worker at school and there's any abuse in the house, they're going to report it. And then the girl has a whole other set of problems. Most girls tell about sexual abuse when they get to college. 
are sexually abused girls more susceptible to adult yeah. forms of abuse, such as date rape? You talked about yeah. going to college. Yeah. What happens if you don't resolve childhood sexual abuse? You feel shame, you feel guilt, and you also may have begun to numb yourself with alcohol or drugs. And you're much more susceptible to date rape when you get to college. So that's the other reason that I really want girls when they're teenagers to start talking about what's going on. Healing is not necessarily about going to the authorities and confronting the abuser. Healing is about writing about it in your journal, taking your energy and putting it into something really positive, talking about it with a therapist. That's what healing is about for teenage girls. And they are incredibly brilliant at healing and being resilient. All teenage girls can heal from sexual abuse. Dr. Patty, what is the website you mentioned? Girl Thrive, G-I-R-L-T-H-R-I-V-E. We've been speaking with Dr. Patty Fureisen, psychotherapist based in New York. Thank you so much for being with us today on InfoTrack. Thank you so much. I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.